0: Welcome, everyone, to the Wood Remarkables podcast, where we're celebrating our inspiring people and culture at Wood. My name's Lisa Barclay, and today we're joined by Rebecca Masson-Graham, Wood's Global Sustainability Manager. Rebecca is based in Abu Dhabi, following a move from the UK in 2014. Rebecca's been with Wood for more than 10 years, and we're delighted to be talking with her today, ahead of Sustainability Week at Wood. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. How are you?
1: Hi Lisa, thank you for having me. I'm well, thanks. Good stuff. So maybe we'll just kick
0: off, if you can just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your career background and what brought you to Wood, that would be great.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm actually originally from a small village um, in the northeast of Scotland. Um, I spent much of my childhood um in Turfins, um a small village called Turfins, and then sort of the second part of my childhood in another small village called And um, Both of these are not too far from where our headquarters are based in Aberdeen. Um, I actually went straight to university after I finished school um, to study corporate communications, um, but I actually left <laughs> after one semester as I realized um, It was not really, it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, And then I took some time out. I I worked for a couple of years after school, um, which eventually saw me um, working in a construction firm. Um, And then that sort of inspired me to go back to university to study construction design and management. Um, So I did my first year there at Robert Gordon's, um, but then transferred to Harriet Watt in Edinburgh. and then, when I finished my studies, I was fortunate to receive an offer on the first ECITB approved construction training program in the UK. And um, so, this saw me fairly reluctantly return to Aberdeen. Um, but I realized it was a great opportunity. Um, and I, I started my career in oil and gas, which is not really what I had planned. And um, I saw myself working in the construction industry. Um, and I had dreams of working on big projects and construction in in Dubai. Um, But being from Aberdeen, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one of us to fall into oil and gas, um, but it really was a blessing um, in disguise. Um, And then I I joined WOOD in 2013 um, and from there I was given an opportunity for an international assignment and, and I moved to the Middle East in 2014, which is where I've been. Since brilliant, so you had
0: your eye on Dubai um, for quite a while, Rebecca, and you've you've managed to make that dream a reality, which is brilliant. Um, you, you talked um there a little bit about being offshore. So, how did that kind of present itself, and how did you find that way
1: of life? Um, yes. Yeah, so, in my initial couple of roles, um, I was working on offshore um projects. So in my construction trainee role um I, I our projects were on the scott and buzzard platform um in the North sea which i understand to be pretty good ones <laughs> the buzzard was brand new at that time and yeah i think i had a pretty i was eased in quite gently to offshore um life um, and and anyway it was ad hoc trips i would do i was predominantly based in the office um and my construction role was really um you know compiling construction work packs and supporting planning activities and helping connect the dots between the onshore and offshore um, construction teams and you know I really enjoyed that experience. Um, it felt like an adventure going offshore. I, I, The way I learn it I always find it easier to see things um, than you know sticking my head in a book. Yeah. Um, I bet it was a great bridge between the practical and the theory, as
0: you say, and then I guess you can bring back valuable lessons to the onshore elements of it as well. So a great grounding.
1: Yeah, definitely. It really helps me um, understand the industry. Um, and I think if you haven't been to an offshore platform, it's quite a hard thing really to imagine being on. Um, it's not really part of everyday experience for um people, you know, obviously not working in the industry, Um, no, ultimately I did decide to leave that role um, because as a woman um, and the challenges of working offshore and restrictions on bed space, you were always the first one to sort of get the job. Um, And I felt my career progression was likely going to be slowed because of that. so, so then um, the opportunity for a project engineer role with wood came up um, and I thought that was going to be a good opportunity to utilise my skills and develop my skills further and it wouldn't be so um, sort of based on and reliant on offshore trips and what I yeah. learned there.
0: Hopefully um, industry has moved on a little bit from there and you know it's a bit more of a inclusive environment offshore but at the time it was obviously a good move for you to, to move into to Woods. So, you know, I mean it must have been a great opportunity as well to be able to move to, to Dubai after you'd had your eye on that for for quite a while. So swapping the granite city, the phone name for Aberdeen for Dubai must have been quite the change. But I take it you're settling into life well. How long have you been
1: been there? Um yes, yeah, so I've moved to Abu Dhabi initially um in two thousand and fourteen. And um, and then I've I've been in Dubai for um, nearly five and a half years. Um, I feel I settled in very quickly. You know, since I was a child, I've always wanted to move abroad. <laughs> I'm not really sure of where it came from, but I was always asking my parents, you know, why can't we move um to Australia? And they couldn't get their head around why I would want to move so so far away. Um, but I, yeah, I obviously just had something, and um, a drive, you know, in me. Um, and, you know, I really enjoy the experience out here working in a multicultural environment. Um, every day is a school day. And I really feel like it's helped my career growth uh, and personal growth immensely. That's brilliant. And I know that we'd um,
0: talked before and I've been aware of the work that you've done with some of the young women in the RAP. And the educational initiatives that you've supported, can you tell us a little bit more about that, Rebecca?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, a lot of my roles in project management have been in support of projects we we have had in Iraq, and um, and I have to say, growing up, I was I was always fortunate to have a family who prompted career discussions with me, and. Um, and I never knew what I wanted to do, <laughs> never. It's never been an easy um, discussion for me, but I find it very hard to fit myself into a defined box. Um, but my family would have supported me whatever I chose to do and have, have done that. Um, so what I would say is a, a really impactful moment in my life um, was when I was working on supporting a Iraq projects. Um, and I started to look at how we could reach out to the local communities there. And specifically, schools. It it wasn't news to me um, that it's not uncommon for young girls and women not to be able to complete their education or participate in further education. But what really um, rocked me was that they were not even aware of the concept of a career. And that's something that it still really gets to me now. I recalled you know all of the occasions I could remember where people would come into my primary school secondary school, and they would talk to us about career paths and options and university open days that we could go to. Uh, so I just felt there was something we as would could do in Iraq here. Um, I do think there is a uh, there can be a tendency uh, for some people to be concerned about gender balance goals. However, for me, it's really about equity um, and leveling the playing field and ensuring young women and um, women are are given access to the same opportunities as men. And you know that was really my aim through the work with the schools and orphans in Iraq. Um, it's to try and impact this area in what small way I could posit positively. And um, I've been, you know, the only woman in. Many scenarios throughout my adult life, whether that's been offshore um, or in boardrooms of 20 people or more. And I, I personally have never felt I don't belong, even though I know there's people around those tables and in those rooms will have felt like that. Um, I, I know my value and, and I want to help young girls and women who are not empowered to speak up learn that they have as much right for a seat at the table as anyone else. Um, And I think it's important that we're not just capturing graduates out of university in these developing locations, but those at a younger age, so that we can start reaching out to them um, before you know they make their university choices um, and show them that the energy industry is, you know, there is a place for them there.
0: That's amazing. it's it's all part of the building the pipeline. And I bet it was so rewarding to work with the, with the young people and you know, see their reactions and knowing that there could be a future for them in the world of work. So that's really commendable
1: oh, thank you. Uh, it certainly is really rewarding. And um, it's a different kind of feeling you get from that kind of work to, you know, what time of proposals you would win tenders and contracts which is really exciting or in project management when you achieve your milestones that's a great feeling but this is something really different
0: um yeah it goes beyond it goes beyond that that business um feelings I guess
1: yeah and it's about having integrity it's it's the right thing to do
0: of course of course that's part of our values and what we represent at Wood, of course and sort of uh, your career at Wood and the opportunities that have come your way um, you've obviously been able to pivot into a couple of different roles and how does that make you feel that Wood's been able to you know you talked about finding it difficult to be not that we should be pigeonholed but Wood's obviously supported your need to go where you've been led in your career would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah definitely I've had a brilliant experience with Wood's Um it gave me my first role in project management Um, in the UK. It supported, you know, a lifelong dream of mine to move abroad. Um I've worked with people from all over the world. I've had roles in project management and growth and development. I've hopped between those two functions. I've been involved in side projects to do with in-country value, training, competence. And I recently took up a new role in the sustainability team. So, for someone like me who has really struggled to define what I saw myself doing in the next year, five years, ten years, would has really given me those opportunities to utilise and build on my skills skill set. Um, and I'm new in the role of sustainability. It's not something that was on my radar. And up until recently and every day I'm surprised with how my experience to date helps me in my new role. Um, And When I was reading the job description before I applied, it felt like that job description had been written for me. It was like a compilation of all of the random things I've been involved in. Um, And I realised for the first time my inability to put myself in that defined box wasn't actually a hindrance. This was actually my secret sauce. So um, Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, secret sauce is something a female coach spoke about at a training course I attended in London last year. Um, And she was describing that as, you know, what are your attributes and skills that set you aside from other people? Um, And you know, that's the first time I realized this is a really unique, you know, job description and it ticks so many of my boxes and um it made me feel like this is you know where i belong um and i think you know without giving unsolicited you know, unsolicited advice if there are any young women listening to this and I'm suffering with imposter syndrome or you know afraid to take that uh, next step in their career or apply for a course i think it's a really useful thing to do uh sit down and actually look at what what you what you bring to the table like what your unique and um, skills and attributes are I, th- I really recommend it it's really a, a helpful exercise that's super and yeah I guess when you're too close to it sometimes it's
0: it's taking that step back as you say and looking at all your skills and attributes in a bit more of an objective position so it sounds like you've landed on your feet then tremendously with your new job and so in terms of sustainability at Wood, what does that mean to you? What are you getting after in your new role and um, how is the, the team embracing it?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, sustainability is such a varied topic. Uh, I'm still getting up to speed. I, I think I will be getting up to speed for a very long time. It's such a rapidly evolving space and it's a very exciting place to be. And I'm really enjoying being part of a small team and um, a small team of individuals who have each have a very unique skill set. Um, and it's, we have a lot of fun along the way. And I really feel strongly that we can achieve a lot of great things together in terms of, you know, delivering on with sustainability agenda. And um, I, I really believe Wood is not going to be the same Wood in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And I feel honoured to have a role in helping Wood deliver on on our sustainability agenda.
0: That's brilliant. And we've obviously got targets in place that we're working towards and making progress against. So to be able to get in amongst that, I'm, I'm sure it is a great feeling to see the the dial moving on, you know, towards that greener, more sustainable future.
1: Yeah, definitely, Lisa. So we have our targets. One thing I would like to do in my role is make these more visible, communicate our progress. We're making some good progress and um, there are some areas need a bit more focus. Um, but it's an exciting journey to be on. Um, and yeah, I really hope I can positively impact this space. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely will, Rebecca. And Hopefully by the time that our
0: podcast airs today, we'll be landing in and around Sustainability Week. So that's an important week in the global calendar. And I know you've got plans afoot for that, so we don't want to give too much away. But what are you hoping to achieve with um, the 2023 Sustainability Week at Wood?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have Sustainability Week coming up. Um, sustainability has quickly become at the heart of what we do. Um, and the week is a good opportunity to highlight our progress um, against our agenda and our, our targets, um, and to put a bit of a spotlight on the activities going around our business. Um, there's a lot of great people in our business doing great things, um, and I'd love to publicize that. Um, uh, this year, some things we do plan to put a bit of focus on um, is our global education course. Uh, and also an update on our single-use plastic office awards. So stay tuned. Brilliant. Be some friendly competition,
0: hopefully, there for the for the uh, accolades of single-use pra- plastic-free. <laughs> it's
1: a bit of a, a mouthful there. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It would be nice to see yeah. a bit of friendly competition um, towards what is an important goal for us um, that we currently have maps out like, for the end of 2025 for all of our offices to be single use plastic free. So, you know, that's in the near future. So, there's work to be done and we're making good progress. Sounds great. And in terms of your kind of
0: future plans, I know you're, you know, hit the ground running in 2024. Have you got any other insights you can share with us or hot topics or will it just be continuing to deliver against the targets next year?
1: Um, nothing specific to share at this time, but yes, our focus will remain on delivering and progressing against our targets. Um, they're ambitious, Brilliant. but we feel they're achievable. Um, and yeah, that's where the focus will remain.
0: Superb. And
1: as you're aware,
0: uh, Rebecca, we've had a refocus on our strategy and you know we're designing the future, we're making great strides in that with progress to date. I mean... What does design in the future mean to you in your role?
1: To me, uh, designing the future really means future-proofing our business uh, by managing the transition as quickly and responsibly as practical and doing what we say we're going to do um, and acting fairly and ethically and, and ultimately leaving a positive imprint on the planet for future generations.
0: Definitely. That's a great message, Rebecca. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we close our podcast here today? Any leaving lasting message for our for our listeners?
1: Just stay tuned for more sustainability updates. Um, and thanks for having me. It's been a great chat. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to continuing my new sustainability role with Wood and seeing what we can achieve together.
0: Sounds brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca, and for sharing your story and your passions and your journey along the way. If you're feeling inspired, you can head on over to our Remarkables page on the Wood website, where you'll get more information on all our amazing and inspirational colleagues hearing their story. And why not make sure you subscribe to the Wood podcast on iTunes, Spotify or Google. Thank you again, Rebecca. Have a great day.